Hey, welcome to episode 13 of the New Slang Podcast. I'm Thomas Mooney, the editor of New Slang here in Lubbock. And uh, yeah, we've been on break, I guess, for a couple weeks. Kind of ran out of podcast episodes to air. Uh, But this week we're going to be getting two out. This uh, first one right here is a a Nashville roundtable kind of thing. It's with uh, me, my buddy Ross Cooper, who is a, a Lubbock songwriter living in Nashville right now, uh, David Bournier and Ben Danaher, two guys who uh, moved moved up to Nashville in the last, I guess, five years or so. Anyways, uh, we were sitting there in Nashville at 3rd and Lindsley in the green room, uh, and we recorded this podcast and talked about uh, Nashville music. Um, I guess like the uh, fake Texas versus Nashville um, I guess war, if you want to call it, I don't know, beef, something like that. Talked about Jason Isbell and Sergio Simpson and, uh, all kinds of music stuff. It was a really enjoyable conversation that we had, uh, while we were drinking a couple of cups of coffee and, and, uh, anyway, so that's what this podcast is. And we'll, I'm not going to just rattle on, ramble on about just junk anymore. We'll just go in and get straight to the episode. So here it is. Yeah, so I'm from Lubbock, not originally. That's where Ross is from. Ross, like, how did you meet meet these guys? Like, what what was like the J Day? J J Day. Farmers only. Farmers. <laughs> um, ben and I played the show. We played. Uh, we were support on a show <laughs> from a, a, a Texas artist, uh, yeah, probably. Six years ago, no more than that. You think seven, yeah, six, seven. seven years ago? I was I was living down in College Station, and I remember uh, like I was playing acoustic, and then Ben was direct support, and I didn't really look. I'd met him, and we didn't really we had we didn't really talk, um, but I liked kind of what he was doing. We had a bunch of mutual friends, you know, Texas, you know how to, like everybody knows everybody, um, and then like I came to Nashville to kind of get a feel for the town and didn't know like anything didn't really know anybody here it was my mom and I and we walked in to uh, catch time jumpers and it was back um, yeah four, almost four years ago and literally the first person I saw was Ben I was like hey hey man like <laughs> it's been like do you, me- do you remember me and he was like yeah cool he's like yeah and it's like and now it's, it's funny because um, I understand that mindset it's like so many people move here now and like, especially there's we're seeing so many more Texans move here where it's like 85 people a day. I heard. Is it really? That's the wow. ridiculous. <laughs> Someone calculated it. It wasn't me. It's like a hundred. <laughs> they said a hundred thousand people a year, but where are they going to put them anyway? But I get that. It's like so many Texans are moving here now, and well, just so many people are moving here now, and they're so excited. But it's like I feel like I've been here long enough. I know you have. Where it's like. What, how many years are you at? Almost four, and you're. I'm at six, six and you. Five, yeah. Yeah, but it's I, like I, you, we feel like I feel like a seasoned vet now. Yeah, like yeah. it used to feel like it's not that. It doesn't seem like it's that long, but you. There's no, you, yeah. most of the people you meet now are fresh off the boat, you know. And there's everybody's so excited to to be here and to get here, and they think, I think a lot of people have a, a notion if they hadn't visited Nashville, hadn't worked here before, about what this town is or how it works. Most of the time they have no idea, and it's like, 
it's just funny. It's I don't feel like I'm jaded now, but I completely understand. Like, I I, I kind of understand Ben's shoes when I first walk into Third and Lindsley four years ago. Like, hey man, like let's write sometime. Blah blah blah. And it's like, cool man. Welcome. No, to I, I don't happy to write with. Who's you. this weirdo? No, we, we did, we did, but uh, that was, which, which is funny because, I don't know, why it works this way, but like talking about that Billy Joe Shaver book. Uh-huh. Um, that picture, it's like with Doug Syme and Waylon and Billy Joe. And it's, it's a picture from like 73 or 74. And it said, back in those days, all the Texans banded together, mm-hmm. hung out together. And it's kind of like that now. Like, I didn't really know Ben. And mm-hmm. there's a couple other, like, you know, Ryan Beaver is a guy that I met once at Blue Light. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, bet- y'all too and Borne and just, it's weird how... I am from Louisiana, but I do feel like I'm adopted right. into the Texas, the clan of Nashville and the Midtown Freak Show and all yeah, those crazy yeah, totally. people. It's weird, though, how Texans kind of band together, because I didn't know them but really before I moved here, and then, you know, they're just some of my best buddies, and mm-hmm. just, we coincidentally were from Texans, kind of. Yeah. That's one of those things, though, is like, down in Texas right now, there's still this uh, stigma against Nashville, all these shithead kids who totally. think that there's like this versus thing, uh... And it's like, well, all your favorite Texas songwriters who are doing Texas country or, or doing songwriter stuff, they're recording in Nashville. Yeah. So uh, why, why are you buying into this, like, battle, this war? What is it like? I don't think Nashville buys into it at all. Well, no, I'm not saying Nashville does yeah, at all. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm saying, like, yeah, I don't. Texas kids. Like, what, what is it up here, though? Do you even well, see a hint of that or anything? Like, I, I I understand the argument. I, when I was living in Texas, I, you know, I was going to a bunch of shows um, that, you know, my, my brother played guitar for Pat Green for the last 17, 20 years or whatever. And it's watching that kind of thing start. Like, I mean, that was like the beginning of the Texas country kind of like movement. And, um, and, and it, was, it was based around like this anti-establishment kind of like Mm-hmm. screw everything that's going on with, I guess the main points of it were like, you could hire a radio promoter and uh, payola and push a single um, to a national market. And uh, every, every it was like Clear Channel was controlling all this stuff. And then that's kind of all swept into Texas, I feel like, to where that, that game is being played on a minor league level um, money-wise mm-hmm. as far as like what's going on here. I mean, granted, there's there's really good stuff in Texas and there's really good stuff here, but I think just what Texas sees of Nashville is what's on the CMA Awards or yeah. Yeah. whatever. And so, like, I would have a bad taste in it too if if that's all I saw. Yeah, you know, I think well, like I yeah, a lot of really, you know, before yeah. I moved yeah. here, it like before I really kind of understood what this town could be, I had the same taste in my mouth because. When I f- like my introduction into music, I had a brother that's five years older, and when Pat Green and Corey Morrow and people were chanting like Nashville sucks at those uh-huh. shows, like I, man, I, I remember all that. And I was just like, yeah, you know what, man, Nashville does suck yeah. because this song sucks. Like, blah blah blah. And when you only mm-hmm. when you only see that one side, it's really easy to to believe that. Mm-hmm. And uh, but this has become a mecca for I think all things mm-hmm. music. You know, everybody's. Sure. Well, that's it's the funny thing, though, is like all these guys down in Texas, they're bashing Nashville one minute and then they're like, well, you know, Jason Isbell, he's incredible. Like uh, Todd yeah. Snyder, he's incredible. And it's like, you know, those guys are all 
You know, yeah. it's up in Nashville, man. Before when I was Sturgill Simpson, all kinds of cool shit mm-hmm. stuff. When Sorry. I was, no, you can curse okay. on. Oh yeah, we're not on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, you can cuss. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> egg, that was stressing me out. And <laughs> I, I was deciding on whether or not to move up here. I I talked to um, this. There's a songwriter that lives here. He's written some pretty big songs named Alan Shamblin, and he was from the same town that we grew up in. And uh, I had a long talk with him, and, and he broke it down to me. He's like, who are all your heroes? And it was Towns Van Zandt, Guy Clark. And they're all Texans because, you know, they all live in Nashville or s- at least spent time yeah. there, yeah. you know, to where. I rode here forever, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, shit, Towns, Towns lived here for <laughs> like a, a long time. <coughs> I guess they both kind of did. I get it. I mean, you know, like the, I think the, the people ask me that all the time about, like, living in Austin versus living in Nashville. Like, Austin is a great place to tour from, and there's a lot, a lot of opportunity there, and there's a, the Texas scene is really welcoming, and there's a lot of stuff going on there, too. But there's not much of a business there. Like, so if your aspiration is to be a published songwriter or to get help in any way on putting out a record, then I don't know if Austin is necessarily the right place to be living until some of that develops you know like there wasn't publishing companies when i was down there there wasn't record right. labels there was booking agents and managers and those guys all helped but yeah i mean well and it's that. it's kind of in a way it's kind of apples and oranges too because if you're so far immersed into that texas culture and that's all you know then that's all you know you know what i mean mm-hmm. like and i don't think it's i think it's just a different way I, I think you're right. It comes down to what you aspire to do. Um, you know, like we have great friends that tour every weekend and, and don't necessarily have to leave Texas mm-hmm. and can kind of cut out a really great living and um, can build a huge fan base. So people that still buy CDs, like where else does that yeah. exist? Mm-hmm. Um, Christian and if you music, aspire to like, if your goal yeah. is to sell out whatever, whatever you know, Said the S word, dude. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm saying if if your goal is to sell out whatever the big venue is in Texas, mm-hmm. you know, Billy Bob's. That, do what? Billy Bob's. Billy Bob's. Yeah, or if your goal is to, to sell out Billy Bob's and you know reach that tour bus level and like you, it's totally doable. But if you, I don't know, just like I think it really comes down to like where you where you feel like you fit in though too. Like I didn't feel like I fit in in that in that market and I didn't really know where yeah. I was supposed to feel like I fit in so I came here on a whim kind of yeah know? I almost moved to Austin too and I was uh, I love Austin so. I love Austin too but it's funny because Nashville musically is so much more diverse than Austin when like Austin's keeping it weird but it's like that's te- like if you're doing like the Texas country thing especially it's or like blues, yeah. or blues yeah. it's like I mean, I, w- I moved to Nashville because I was like, oh, cool, like, Jack White lives in Nashville. Like, it's not just, like, mm-hmm. this twangy country and, uh, and you know, whoever, a bunch of all those other bands. It's funny. Know. Nashville's funny. Black you know, like, uh, I've seen Keys, it kind of yeah. in the last couple of years turn a little bit, like, where it was, you know, it was truck anthems, like, and that's that's that was the Music Row thing. And so when I dove into Music Row to try to, like, get songs cut or whatever, right. that's all I was getting pushed into. All right. But then I would see, like, the hipsters had the twang. Yeah. It was like you had to go to the five spot to exactly. hear a steel guitar. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's or, really, like, yeah. It was interesting. And then, thank God, like, the time jumpers popped up. Or I mean, yeah. they've always been doing yeah. it, but it got on a bigger kind of scale for them. But it was, yeah. I, mean, I don't 
Time jumpers, and I think I think Jason Isbell changed it, changed everything, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, changed the whole Nashville, or and then Stapleton eventually. But like, mm-hmm. the, that was like the winds of change towards, you know, just more raw music. You know, actually being successful when he went number one, he had a number one country record. You know, top yeah. five Billboard record. That was yeah, it was interesting. That was huge. Just like, oh, okay, wait, maybe, maybe everything doesn't have to be the same. My uh, my marker on that, you know, I, I would go home every year to tour and. I was down for something in, in my hometown, and and usually it's like, have you heard the new Toby Keith single, or have you heard the new yeah. uh, Jason uh, Aldean song? Yeah. And uh, and this last year, this uh, one of my b- best friends from high school was like, so what do you think of this Chris Stapleton? And I was like, we finally, He's everywhere, we finally man. made I, it. I went home <laughs> to everywhere. Bridge the gap. <laughs> I just went on a, uh, a a kayaking trip with like eleven strangers who oh. from like all over. It's a long story, but from Jay all Day. over the uh, yeah Jay Day from all over the country, Jay and Day. all of them knew who Chris Stapleton was. I mean, this was like you couldn't have picked eleven more random people, and they were just that was the person they knew. Yeah. Didn't know any anything about like any anyone like Jason Isbell or anyone like that. But but yeah. I mean Stapleton has busted through. That's what happens when Justin Timberlake sings. Well, that's what I was gonna, I was going to ask. It's like, award, do you yeah. think it's partly because of the whole? Timberlake, just that. Oh, yeah, because partly, but man, that guy was a bubble waiting to burst. Oh, yeah, he I mean, there was a decade going on of. I, I think they put together a playlist of, yeah, over a hundred songs that he had had recorded Crazy. on different records. Stapleton, yeah, on he Spotify, has, he has over he has over three hundred and five cuts alone. Wow, yeah, and that, like if you listen to those <laughs> first it, two Steel re- uh, Steel Driver records, yeah. it's some yeah. of, that's some of the best uh, the Steel Driver stuff. I've ever so heard. killer, like, man. It's insane that they took and I that think, long for people. Well, to it's crack. funny that you and I were talking about this other day. Even two years ago, like Stapleton, well, Steel Drivers were doing uh, playing here at Third and Lindsley like every Halloween. It was like this kind of staple show. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even that's say so, it. That's so dumb. Um, but <laughs> but you could still get like tickets like day of or day before. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It was a it was a badass like it was, sure. it, was it was a badass show. It was a great show. Sing, like it was, I went both. I went. I guess the last two years they had it, and then it's just funny how much can change in a year or two. And then like I remember right after that award show, when he sang with or when Timberlake sang sang with him, it was like downtown Nashville. The next week is like so many little Stapleton clones, you know, like. Beards and like the hat and shit. Like, yeah, jazz yeah. masters. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I've seen an influx of jazz masters actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, that's just it's super. That's super awesome that that's what's getting recognized right now, and it's making it. I think it's gonna make it make it easier for all three of us. You know, you know. I mean, I know most of the meetings I have now are very different from yeah. when. Yeah, from three years ago. It just used to be, you know, how do we spin what you're doing to like this super, super country thing mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, polished thing. And now it's like, you know, it's just more more accepting, I think, to the middle ground, the in-betweeners, the, uh, whatever the Americana the, bad word the is. Left, the left of centers. Left of centers, yes. Ben yeah. loves that term. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't, <laughs> well, you know, when I was... Moving up here, it, w- it pissed me off to be called left to center because I was aspiring to be country music, yep. you know, like Hank That's Williams. That's true. Or well, it'd be a yeah, center. Daryl Scott, you know, or, and it's yeah. like you're getting, you're basically getting crucified for trying to, to, uh, I see that. To, to, to do something that 
that you used to be is, sinner is the goal. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and like because yeah, they can't bullshit. use it or do anything <laughs> with it, you know, they're they're basically making you feel like what you're doing is wrong. Yeah. And that was kind of rubbed me the wrong way about it, but. We'll yeah, I, I see it in hindsight. Yeah, I, I, that is that was those meetings were kind of crazy. So the, okay, the same thing getting called that. It's like, well, mm-hmm. I had one guy listen to a song and go, oh, "It's got that Texas thing," and I was like, "The only reason you said that is because I told you I lived uh, here. I moved here from Texas. Yeah, it was like yeah. the song sounded like a blue song. It didn't sound like a Texas. Song. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, this is." one of those questions that it's no right answer, no, it's probably even unanswerable, but which of the three guys, Stapleton, Isbell, or Sturgill, is the most replicable? Like, who can, who's going to, yeah, like, who's uh, going to, like, who's going to be, who's going to be, who are they going to copy? Who, yeah, who, who are they going to copy of those three? Um, no, I don't, Stapleton. I don't, I don't, well, because okay. there, there'll, there'll be people like him with, that are like bluesy country people. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, you know, he, he's as good as it gets. But there, I think people will try to copy that. I think that'll be because well, how do you copy Jason Isbell or the other the other two? Like who the can o- even? The only argument I would have against that, and this is, and I'm and I'm a Sturgill fan. I, I don't I'm, I don't want this to be taken as a as a as a knock at all. But when you compare Sturgill with old Waylon records, yeah, it's you know like his voice sounds similar. Yeah. But he's, he says similar, that but like. I, but I I kind of think I understand the question a little more stylistically. It's like. If you're going, I mean, his, his new record ain't, is nothing yeah. like a but Waylon vocal, record. And then that first <laughs> record with record. the, you it's, know, you throw a chorus oh, on the, the guitar yeah. with that deeper baritone. Oh no, he definitely it had it. Like I don't, but, but I mean, he can't help what he sounds like. No, not at all. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that. I'm just. I, I think but I mean, you're talking maybe songwriting wise. Is that what you're saying? I, of I the first I, record. I kind of the first, the first thought that popped in my head. I don't, I don't think I really understood the, the question, the question until you answered it, and I was like, okay. So I would, yeah. <laughs> I just think that like there, I mean, there's people that like that blues country thing. Like Jason Isbell mm-hmm. is such a is such a master wordsmith. Like that is ir- irreplicable to me. Right. And then Sturgill is t- on another planet in terms of like yeah. what he what's in his brain and his intelligence. Sure. That every yeah. time I hear him talk, I'm like, this guy well, is a genius. I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, yeah they're a little more unique lyrically. Um, then this like, isn't an Aquil Stapleton. Like no, no, I think no. he's yeah, yeah. the, the there, shit. There is like a it's it's hard to write lyrics that are that um, comprehensible to like a mainstream market, yes. and Chris like masters that. Yeah, it's like it's it's not too difficult. No, that's it's, it's for the masses. It's amazing. Yeah, shit. That's be- it's beautiful. So yeah, it, it fits in the pocket. I feel mm-hmm. like of what a lot of people can identify with. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with that. I think there will be a lot of people trying to do that and not as well coming up. Yeah. I, I and because it and it's the one making the most money. Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, it kind of goes into this little bit of a theory that I have on the three. Um, I guess we can all kind of agree that those three are the the top They're that are like the, driving the Mount Rushmore. The, yeah, there should at least right be now. one of the badass yeah. ladies with them. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, um. you could throw. Uh, I would throw. Uh, I don't know. Brandy Clark's pretty badass. Brandy's awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, Musgraves is bad. There are a bunch mm-hmm. of bad, uh, really good ones. Um, would you? I'm curious, would you? You throw Lori McKenna? Lori McKenna. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that actually, that would, I probably would too. She's yeah, a master. Good. But um, yeah, that's like. But there's some there's some there's some pretty badass chicks that are doing some. 
cool shit, man. Like, I like uh, Lindy Ortega's stuff. Yeah. I think she's cool. Um, but, yeah, as the yeah, I don't think anyone else is going to be close to them well, right now. I mean, Hayes Carl, like, is, yeah. is probably in, like, the top, you know, probably the next tier is, like, a few. Yeah, of I think, like, that next tier is probably, like, Hayes Carl. Uh, Maybe Bob, I love Bob I think, Schneider. I mean, I would throw him in. Yeah. No, he's not. Um, he's so mostly Texas, I guess. Right? I think, like, uh, like Bingham. Yeah. Isn't that? Um, Where would you throw? Fulbright. Oh, yeah. oh, dude, John, uh, John, John Moreland. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. John Moreland John is Moreland. on the fourth. He's the fourth person the fourth. on the on the mountain. The fourth. Uh, That's a good call. With and Lori McKenna, there can be five yeah. of them. <laughs> she's because she's the master. But yeah, I think all those those are the like Amera whatever. The Amera what? Amera whatever. Amera whatever. Um, okay, so anyways, those three. This is the, my theory on them is that, and it ties into who you you think it's most easy to be repeated. Um, they're all great at essentially what I would call the, the three three things, right? Songwriting, voice, and uh, just in general, like, idea, like, yeah. theme. Yeah, um, their whole thing. is. But right? all, yeah, all three of them have, like, the comprehensive, uh, like, everything matches mm-hmm. the physical uh, stuff. The, yeah. And I think, like, you know, Isbel is probably the, the strongest songwriter, lyric-wise. Stapleton's the, the best vocalist-wise, even though Stapleton... Uh, I mean, uh, Sergio also has like a pretty good set of vocals Sergio on him, has, but like yeah, he vibe. he has like the, in my opinion, he he's the has the best uh, theme overall. Right. He he pushes like a yeah he does more of a theme records, you know? and that's, concept that's so more cool so than yeah. songs, right? Um, and I think this like goes into uh, like who is who would buy like who whose next record is going to be appreciated by everyone. Uh, just as much, and I think it's going to be Stapleton just because it's going to be a little bit easier to make that record versus, like, coming up. Not necessarily – I think it's, like, easy for them to come up with – like, Isbel is going to come up with another 12 songs. so easy that it's uh, yeah. astonishing. They're all going to make their own songs, and it's all going to be easy, but I think it's going to be harder for people to uh, enjoy the ride with Sergil. It's harder for them to jump on board and understand – what he's going on to next, and you kind of saw that with that next, with that last record, yeah. like people were going. Well, he's only uh, making two more. Y'all heard this, right? Mm-hmm. No, I'm he's not only making that. he's only making five, <laughs> and then he's gonna, and then he's gonna communicate his message through a different form. He says he's gonna be done with music after five records. Wow, um, which is crazy. Which is, and he, he's apparently like just he's terrified every time he's on a on a stage. Really. He says that's why he looks angry and mean because he's like trying not to throw up out of fear. <laughs> wow! Hey, you got to just check out. He did the uh, he did the Marin one recently. And he's, he's yeah, stores. I guess he also yeah. did the Rogan one. The Rogan one. The Rogan one's crazy. It's like three he's, hours. I know that's what psychedelics. And this stuff. is not going to be three hours. Yeah. So like I don't know if I could handle talking like <laughs> for three hours yeah. on this, but um, although maybe if throw Ryan Adams in there, we could talk all day. That's what I, I, he may be the other. Yeah, I'm not sure he's kind of. I think in his, he's like he's in, the, in his own world, dude. I when, think he's like the the, the generation before. That yeah, he was Rushmore. the generation before, and he he's done some right because when he got divorced from Mandy Moore in that in the article, like the amount of money he makes, like he makes six figures a month, hmm. Ryan Adams, which is awesome. Yeah, that makes me that makes me happy for the world. I'm halfway there. I make three figures. Well, he's got such a it's such a brand. <laughs> yeah, man, he's his own thing. Yeah, he can. Yeah. He'll be able to do it. I guess all those guys will be able to just I do think it forever. That's the goal for guys like us. Like whenever you know, when I was kind of kicking around publishing doors, um, 
they would always ask, you know, do you want to be a writer or an artist? Which I hated that question. It's like, what? Yeah. Go ahead, start it, was, it was like you weren't allowed to do both. Yeah, exactly. that was like, strange to me, too. And, and it, I think it was because they wanted to figure out where to spend the most attention on you. And it was like, um, my BMI rep at the time was like, you, I think you should pick one or the other and focus all your eggs into that basket. And I was like, okay. And so it wasn't, I, I didn't ever feel like I couldn't be an artist or like that I ever wasn't an artist. But I spent a lot of time trying to write songs that other people would like or record. Right. And then I finally gave myself like the relief of, of going, oh, I'm gonna make I'm gonna go make a record again and, yeah. and tour. But um, I feel like when I was getting asked those questions, it was like I wanted to be Laurie McKenna. I wanted to be Tom Douglas. I wanted to right. be the writer that had the thing And now the Chris Stapleton. That yeah. Yeah, everybody wanted to come get. You know, yeah. like and, and I think, like, Ryan Adams did a great job of that uh, in Sturgill and Jason mm -hmm. and Chris Stapleton. And they, they're they so identifiable. Yeah. Like, yeah. Buddy Miller is, Buddy, like, he, he yeah. could pick a guitar up on anybody's record, and you know it's Buddy Miller. And it's like, I, I want to be that. That's the goal, I think, yeah. at the end of the day. I got to play a solo over Buddy's baritone <laughs> guitar. Did you hear about that? Did I tell you the story? Yeah. At, uh, at, wherever city winery with Emilio Harris I was playing with Cree and I just I almost passed out I was so nervous <laughs> she's like David I'm gonna throw you a solo over Buddy's baritone guitar oh and I'm God. just like you're gonna do what <laughs> I was like I think Buddy should play it she goes no she says it'll sound so pretty with your acoustic <laughs> and so I was like all right I'm, I guess I mean I haven't I'm a songwriter man I haven't played a guitar solo on a stage in probably yeah. six years <laughs> That was so funny, it man. Great. I did, I did, I did, I did not, uh, I did not hit a bad note, which was good. I wasn't anything fancy. You got a nod of approval though. She, for buddy, the, buddy gave me the nod, and Emily sent it to me by name. It was, it was the coolest wow. thing that's ever that's happened. That's pretty awesome. It was awesome. Closest thing I have to that, I was riding with this uh, a girl named Chaley Rose, who is on the show Nashville. Okay. And she was like, "I'm gonna send this to Buddy. We have a, a great day riding." And so. We hit the iPhone recorder and I clammed up so bad it was like clink 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 clink. Oh, clink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, buddy. That's a buddy. He was awesome, man. He was a <laughs> he was a sweetie. That's hilarious. But yeah, I, I think your assessments of all three, I would I would say the exact same thing. I think Stapleton's the best singer. I think Stapleton's probably the best singer in the world. I mean, just not only through the tone of his voice, but the the runs, he, the notes he can hit, and the in between notes that I don't even hear. I oh, think he's that, a freak, man. That's yeah. so cool. And then I would uh, lyrically, I think Isbel, and I would put Isbel and John Moreland together, and yeah. as the best lyricists mm -hmm. on the planet, like right now. I think then, like, um, and then yeah, I think Sturgill. Yeah, his whole, the whole vibe is there. I mean, it, he he does it perfectly. Yeah. Did you guys uh, listen to Parker Millsap's last mm -hmm. record? I heard his I, I Shazam one of his Put songs the other up. day. That one's cool. That's all I heard. Off. I need to listen to more of him. I I just Shazammed whatever his song they play in Lightning One Hundred the other day, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" This yeah, is awesome. he has this record out. I guess it just came out two months ago, three months. Uh -huh. It's and that guy's young. He's like twenty two, twenty one. Those people drive and, crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know who Drew Kennedy is? Oh yeah. Okay, Drew and me were talking about all these like Moreland and Fulbright and mm -hmm. Millsap and all like just these Oklahoma guys who are young and there's a, a Southern Gothic edge to it and mm -hmm. a lot of like gospel tint tinges. Um, and he said that uh, he thinks like the way you make a perfect songwriter is you raise them up to be Pentecostal until they're 16 years old, <laughs> just, you know, 
straight by the book, yeah. nothing on the sides. And then when they're 16, you open the door and you throw in like a guitar, a bottle of whiskey, and a stack of Playboys. <laughs> and you just say like, all right, figure, like, it, out. figure it out. Yeah, and then. <laughs> That's great. I love that. I didn't realize <laughs> they're all from Oklahoma. Yeah, Drew's great. Uh, one of, uh, John Moreland's merch guy, last time I saw him, had a shirt on that said, Tulsa as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good Lubbock shirt. <laughs> I wonder if they were. They may have been selling it. I wasn't paying too much. I was paying more attention to just trying not to cry in front of in front of the girl I was with. Uh, No, this was at Mercy Lounge. Yeah, Um, yeah. he's doing one at the Beast, dude. Basement East. Yeah, it's like in a. uh, That's in July. Have you seen that show? We gotta go. Have you seen John Moreland's show? Yeah, I I was actually going to ask you guys like, sitting there here. Does he do people just silence? Because yeah. yeah, he didn't say a single word. In yeah, was well, like, there yeah. were some people talking at that Mercy show, but it was like a, it was one of those big fe- like festival uh, days yeah. where like a bunch of people were playing, and I, I mean, I was just like, how could you even sure. make a he, sound uh, during this? I guess like some people got mad at me in Lubbock a uh, few, I guess maybe a year ago. He uh, opened up for B.J. Barham Acoustic, and uh, like people were talking during both sets, and so I wrote this like piece on like how, how how the fuck are you talking yeah. during these uh incredible sets but also like more than set was 40 minutes like all you had to be quiet for was yeah. for 40 minutes or something like that you know and i i just don't understand how you would go to that show to talk i would just love to know who hurt that guy because <laughs> she, she fucked him up but he, he like he i've never heard like anyone waste less words than that guy yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And then Isbel's way to like put himself in a like, so cast, like casting sing, a different yeah, role. Yeah. yeah, like just, but it's him, but it's not him. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just uh, that's just brilliant, man. I think that's what we all aspire to do, but I don't think anyone does it better he's than got him. Kind of that that best of both worlds too, where he's a he's a great. I mean, and he's a great guitar player, which is just well, yeah, oh no, shit. also, but I mean, he so can good. he can he can tell. A, he can tell just as good of a story as he can writing this like break your heart type of song. Um, man, that's that's like that's what I that's the goal for you know, talking about goals. Like that's the goal for me is having that best of both worlds where yeah. it's like make them laugh and make them cry. That's right. And that's, then that's the that's a Texas thing altogether. It seems like man to me I, like I love. I mean I don't know. I mean. Not to like be like. Well, like from for Guy Clark to be able to get up that, there well, and true. sing like uh, you know stuff that works, and then uh, Homegrown Tomatoes. You know, it's yeah. like I, like, I, like I love that shit. Or yeah, or yeah, like that fucking rocks to me. Like it's like you can absolutely like the mood changes are phenomenal. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's like like writing short stories. Yeah, but I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I don't. I never got that feeling from a lot of other music besides that, you know, the Texas songwriter, or I guess like Oklahoma now too. Well, it's, I think what's interesting too is what you consider a Texas songwriter is probably really different what people in Texas consider a Texas Oh, probably so. Songwriter. I'm thinking about, you know, well, guy I mean, like, in town. Right, and that's yeah. how I look at it too. Like if you listen to somebody like Slade Cleese, yeah, he's from, totally. or is he from Maine, you know? Yeah, and, but he's like that's brilliant true. too. It's the same thing. It's yeah. like, He's he's awesome. Yeah, I just probably incorrectly group like no, even no, if they're not no, from no, Texas, like into like that thing, like the, And I when I say that, that that Texas thing, I mean it's a compliment. Slade lives in Austin now. So. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, does he really? Yeah, no. that, 
Yeah, I mean, I, what you consider the Texas thing, I think, is really different. And I, I consider that, like, we, I think we look at it the same thing. Whereas, if you ask somebody else what Texas music is, yeah. you'll get a topical answer of what's current in Texas uh, yeah. right now. Yeah, sure. But it's, oh, it's one yeah, of those things where, like, sense, yeah. you know, if you're everyone has their own definition of whatever. And if you're with friends who, you know, they, uh, they share that definition, yeah. you know, it's, it's fine. But right. then like you hear that one guy who's probably listening to this, who's going to be like Casey Donahue, he's one of those uh, Texas songwriters yeah, in that yeah. same group or what, you know, whatever. The, that, that's the, that's the that, point. that guy. That's the wasn't like, it wasn't like Pat. I read this article the other day cause I, I loved Pat Green in college, man. And I listened to that three days record, uh, recently and it's so fucking good. Yeah. And it's so, but it's so Nashville to me. Like listening to it now, like that's a country, that's a produced record. Sure. Like it's so, and I was like, I bet this record got shit on in Texas. So it I was, looked uh, up this article, and it was talking about exactly that. Days, the three days. No, no, no. I, I, I think that's like, uh, is that Lloyd Maines? Produced? Yeah, Lloyd. I'm not sure yeah. who it was, but there was this great. I was like a, uh, one of those like Wall Street Journal articles about the whole. I don't know how the the new generation how the old generation was like hating on the new generation of like pat and uh cory sure man that thing was it was a real interesting was that weird to be around i wasn't as close to it um i was a little younger and i was i was in college and so that's kind of fascinating to me like it was it was i mean when he when they got the right they they basically sold like a hundred thousand records before they had a record deal Mm -hmm. and so it was like they had to have a way to distribute the records Mm -hmm. they signed a record deal and then the first Rattle Out of the Gate was Wave on Wave, and it was a huge single. Like, that was, like, right. going certified oh, yeah, gold. Yeah, and, yeah. Like was, um, and then the second follow-up, I don't think, got as much love from the record label or whatever. And I don't know if they spent enough time with songs or picking or I, – I don't know. I wasn't around it. but um, Or how that even works. But um, I remember reading some of the press, and it was gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Very like – because. You know, the, the, I feel like it, 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 it was gnarly because it was the, it was the like the kind of the leader of this trend, you know, mm-hmm. and Jack Ingram was in the same place. Mm-hmm. And um, and I looked up to I, I still look up to those guys yeah. a lot. They're great. Well, those that first uh, class, if you will, of sure. like the Texas country guys right. that bridged the gap between now and like Robert O'Keefe, right. like Jerry Jeff Walker. Sure. So, like, I think that's why a lot of people, like, your parents listen to that's Robert O'Keefe and Jerry Jeff yeah. Walker and Gary P. Nunn. And, um, then, and then, like, then you, yeah, you like, the next start. people jumped in, you know, and l- f- were listening to Pat Green and uh-huh. Ingram right. and I mean, and, and not and to knock that at all, because, I mean, at the time, it was. That no, was, no, I think it was. That was a great, it was, we needed it. It was know? real it was like fresh. Party. Like, it was um, something stuff, people could huge. get behind. And and now even now like I don't think the music they're making is bad. I feel like, um, I feel like that they got to a place where they wanted to expand what they were doing and caught a lot of backlash mm-hmm. on trying to do that, and it was unfortunate. Um, yeah, that's just I don't know. That's just some, that's some like I see just growing up. I didn't grow up in that whole like Texas songwriting world and like the fact that like people would think their songs like like that they were like disrespecting you know this like tradition that's just pretty pretty awesome i guess i think it is like i don't know i've always been fascinated by that mm-hmm. like in the article i read there was a like, quotes from like the old some of the old cats who like just fucking hated it like <laughs> hated the new the new stuff you know and like some of the guys were defending them and it was like man 
Texas takes their shit seriously, <laughs> and I respect that. But it's interesting to watch some of those fans. Like it, it it's like get over it, man. Well, they'll freak to out. Me. They'll freak out so much over something that's on the radio, and then go to a show that's it's equally as bad or not worse right. on like a cheaper level. <laughs> it's right. like yeah. at least they had the money to record yeah. or use auto tune or something, you know, yeah. like with with the record. <laughs> like this shit you're listening to and I mean and not all of it's bad in Texas, but like some of it is really bad. But what it is is like nobody wants to admit that there's like a top layer of filth like on just any genre. Sure. Like totally. there's not a clean genre out there. That's right. And right. And, yeah, yeah. and unfortunately living here for most people outside of Nashville, all you hear is that top layer. Yeah. You know, and I think that's kind of, that's kind of the, the shitty thing. It's, um, you know, you and I had spoke, what, I guess a couple of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. we were talking about the, kind of the topic of this, and that's like, it just goes back to that, that first conversation. There's so much talent here, but unless you're here, a lot of times, unless you see it or seek it out, you're only hearing that top layer of filth and that's not saying bad, con- bad. Uh, not saying that good songs, you know, don't get cut or bad songs right. or only songs mm-hmm. get cut. Because there are some really great songs that are getting cut, but you're not really here. You know, you have to dig mm-hmm. on those records sometimes. Mm-hmm. But you're only really hearing that top field sometimes, and that's kind of the shit. Going back to what you were saying, I know we we're off this, but it may it just sparked a thought. And you saying that, and like the talent and all that stuff, and who's going to be replicated? Like who's who's next on this? I just think that, like the whole like. The, real shit is hard to fake. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I went to a show recently and it was like an old, uh, uh, it was like someone who had been a, a country singer, you know, on, on like a successful one. And like they're now it's like, they're going to do like the whatever Americana thing. And it just didn't work for me. Cause it was like, that's not their thing. Like, right. and I believe that a lot of the music that people and the, a lot of people that, you know, the, in our world shit on a lot like the super super pop truck you know whatever mm-hmm. it is the reason that works is because those people believe that like i, I right. believe that florida georgia line thinks cruise is the shit and that's <laughs> why it works like right. so like right. i think it's i don't and i'm just gonna say it's just gonna be harder to do it's harder it's yeah. just gonna hard thing to replicate well I guess. And going, when i first when i first started taking meetings um I was talking with my rep at ASCAP, um, and it was that it was that conversation. The guys, you know, not to mention any names, but the guys that are that are writing, you know, those are mainly the guy that's been writing those pop country smashes. He's been writing these songs for the last fifteen years, and then that door finally swung his way mm-hmm. to where it's not like, you know, he sat down with the computer and was like, okay, what are people really liking right now, you know, and 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 built. You know that's his craft. Like he had he's a been catalog writing that of song for 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 however long, and he got hopefully like we all do at one point. Hopefully we get lucky as shit because he got mm-hmm. lucky as shit. He's been you know if that's the tr- if he's been writing that type of song for the last fifteen years, mm-hmm. I mean that's that goes to that conversation. He believes what he's writing. It's not, you know I'm exactly. I don't think between the four of us we're probably not going to buy those. Re- by those records, well, but he believes them enough to run. No, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and a lot of oh, the shit, like a shitload of people believe it too. I mean, well, that's, that's right. why it makes money. But, you know, you know mm-hmm. it's like you and good for them. Let them be happy and listen to it. Like I just don't. We don't have to. Well, you know? it's like so. He writes that song for. <clears throat> been you know that's his style. That's his thing. 
you know, that whole Georgia thing or for whatever it is. Been around that song for forever, and then you know, Match Sparks, and these songs get huge, and then it does turn into like, okay, this is really, really successful, and it does become this kind of situation where songwriters are pandering to what's successful, and then I think that's where you see it. But like, well, I don't know. I feel like, um, you know, I get the question a lot from people in Texas, like, why don't why don't you just go write one truck song and then you can kind of do it if you want. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't work that way. Like you've, got, you've got X amount of energy that you can invest in what you do every day, like creatively, physically. Yeah. And so those guys, I guarantee you they're not sitting down every day or once a week going, well, let's try to write a Guy Clark song. Yeah, and they exactly. might, but I don't think they're going to think anything's going to happen with it. Right. Whereas like, you know, I'm not gonna go totally stumble into it's their a waste world. Of your of time. It's just a waste of your right. time and, and energy, and it would be a waste of publishing money or totally. whoever would be paying me to to do that. I, yeah, I think uh, you can only do what you do, and like like you said, if that trend right. comes back around, then that's good. I consider yourself blessed. Do you yeah. think that those uh, little movements, if you will, uh, since we're like in a digital age, people's um, I guess uh, I guess their uh, attention, span. attention spans are sh- shorter now. Do you think those uh, little movements are going to be turned over quicker? Yes. Where it's just like, bam, like onto... Oh, yeah. Man, it's, you know, like, it's fast listeners nowadays. I mean, and, and partly because there's so much damn music out there, and that's awesome and really shitty at the same time. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows, like, you don't... Nobody's listening to albums the same way they were even 10 years ago. Like... It's, mm-hmm. it's like shit, man. It's like we almost live in a singles market here, yeah. you know. It, and which is kind of a weird thing if you're one of the three of us and three out of however many friends that are doing the same. They're trying to do the same thing here. It's like, man, why don't you just release singles? It's like, mm-hmm. well, I don't want to release because I want to make records. I want to make a record. I want to make records. I still think that like, I, people buy records and they want that. Not many. Uh, <laughs> not you? Not many people do. Oh, no, not me. Okay. No, I, I thought mean, you said, okay. No, I, I get like yeah. the, like, uh, people are buying singles off iTunes, right. that, that kind of thing. But I still think that there's... Uh, I think more people are listening to records now. I'm, I'm going to do... Yeah, I think Spotify well, I think makes because it, it makes me listen to it. I mean, like, the streaming thing mm-hmm. is, like, making more people... I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, that's, the, that's kind of that flip side of the argument to the screaming is that it really does make me, your music so accessible and listenable to and like well, well people are buying albums now like vinyl yeah you know? they're buying and, vinyl. and that's i think that makes people listen to but like <laughs> just because of the work you know like i mean gonna, i say I, I don't say but, now compared to like 15 years ago but yeah. just compared to like in that initial like i feel um, like shit's phase. about to get real interesting with just how the structure of the business is well, like no, f- the money's there's, going there's, away there's zero there's no money, money coming in with streaming so you're going to see publishing companies tanking Bottom right and left, now. but you're also going to see staff writers, I feel like, gone. either gone or, or having to go play or putting out records. There's yeah. a lot of records. And that's what's going to happen. trying to come out and hit the road. Yeah, you have and, to. And I, and I hear that a lot. Like, it's like, oh, I can just go do what Randy and Wade do. And it's like, no, dude, those dudes put 15 years of yeah. doing. Yeah. Writers are, are, and like the, that's the, also in that writer-artist <laughs> argument. Like, you are a writer and an artist. Mm. But there's a lot of people in town that are just writers. Like, sure. You know, and like, and, and like, if oh, that's, that's who I feel like. Okay, so I, I heard the other day someone got, someone I knew got a number one song. It was a three way writing. 
I think he'll clear like 80 grand on it. That's it. On a number one? On a number one. No way. Yeah. I mean, I, I could not even have Jesus. any. Listen. So, so that, that used to like. Yeah, that's like, what does that used to like? Yeah. He could still be more. Pulled 70 grand. He said he when he got his first top 10 in 2009, he made a million bucks. Jesus. Yeah. So. That's how much how much less money is in this pool, and that's why I think trends are going to just keep changing oh, yeah. because they're just going to keep fishing for stuff to make money. Sure, because yeah, there's I just like that's the guys that are going to win or at least be around in the next couple of years are going to be like your Will Hogs or your yeah you know your dudes who have the brand and, and yeah. have the thing that they can. They've, not, they, not they've already established. Like on music well, last, last not at all, dude. That's a huge skill, but it's a completely separate thing having to get up on a stage and sing for people. And so that's what I, because eventually, how, how long can publishing companies keep paying people $30,000 a year draws that never get recouped? Sure. You know, so it'll probably end up being like two people writing every song. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, like, think, <laughs> I, I don't think that it's, it's not going, I don't think it's going to go away. Whoa. Publishing deals won't go away. They've, they've been they'll here. Be, they'll be somebody will privately fund something. There's always a dude with a fucking ton of money. That's right. true too. But that's true. But but what's the incentive? It's now? gonna shrink to get um, if, yeah, if a number gonna, one song's only worth you know whatever that is le- like yeah. Well, it's yeah. What used to be worth a mil- you know a million like a million bucks is worth half a million or whatever it is. It's just or, or substantially less. less. It's it's crazy how short. I remember, like, when I first moved here, it's like, holy shit. You, you, you have that realization after taking, like, a couple of meetings that you're like, there's, like, people, this, is, this could be your job to make, mm-hmm. you know, to live off of this much, which isn't, isn't a lot, you know, but it's enough to live off of for a year without even getting a cut. And then, like, so many, so many riders, so many riders, and then just all of a sudden with Spotify and different streaming platforms, it's like, like you say, it's, some, it's about to change substantially. It just seemed like it was on such this steady incline all of a sudden peak and then what the hell's about to happen it's it's the classic the the haves versus the have nots and the haves are going to win like the record labels got Mm -hmm. screwed by napster but they saw it they knew exactly where it was going so they own all the spot i own spotify Mm -hmm. they're in with apple music so like they're the ones not paying their people not paying the writers Mm -hmm. and and what i think i had a conversation about this the other day and y'all might agree with me if Spotify should have came out, they should have figured out how they're going to pay writers fairly, and they should have charged like 50 bucks a month. Because I think people would have paid it. At the time, can you imagine if someone told you, you can listen to everything? I mean, now it's like given we pay 10 bucks a month. Or like, I think people would have paid more money. I think they undersold it. They were like bargaining against themselves, yeah, essentially. You know? because, or I mean, you, you, just, I you just opened up the door to get, listen to everything in the world. All the time. Mm-hmm. I don't like, think people understand, though, like, understand or, or, that or, and make it. And, uh, no, you know, and then you charge the ex- the average amount that people spend on records a month. Well, and that, what was that? I Probably think like, like 20, maybe like twenty five bucks. I bet know? like people honestly would have paid at least twenty five. Yeah, 30 I think twenty five thirty because fifty bucks is a lot. Well, think but about. Yeah, I think twenty five. Like 30. How, how many people? How much do people pay for internet? Or for that's cable, so much, or dude. just yeah. anything for that's your, like you a, pay for music. Well, I mean, and that's a, your music bill. It's, it's you know? kind of a different conversation too, and that's a really good point. It's it's how you frame that too. It's mm-hmm. like you pay this much for internet, and you get access to everything that you could ever want to look up yeah. in your laptop, or like your phone, you pay whatever. For yeah. This bill, and you get every piece of music that you could 
ever think of, you know, like you think of it as a, as a service. And I don't know if, I think just the way people think about Spotify, it's like as a music lover, yeah, you're, you'd pay 20 bucks, 30 bucks a month. But I don't think the, the everyday guy that's driving to and from work listening to the radio would, yeah. would pay that. Well, like that's my I mean, I don't my dad that was that Spotify way. Spotify anyway. <laughs> well, like people pay for, I guess like XM's still kind of cheap though too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, on demand or serious or whatever. I, I just think we're so used to it now. But back in the day, if I would have heard that on demand music all the time, I would have I would have paid anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, especially like knowing I still do it. I feel terrible about it, but it's awesome. And if I love a record, I buy it. It's yeah. like, but <laughs> it's just crazy. I don't know. It's too late now. Whatever. I don't know what's going to happen. We're all going to be broke. Well, is what's going to we'll happen? <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll survive, man. I'm broke right now. I feel now, like man. if <laughs> you can go out and sing and play and write, you know, songs that people like, well, you'll always be able to I do it. I almost feel like we're in a time where, like, finding the ways to make money or be a quote unquote professional musician um, are coming from things like Kickstarter, where, like, you're getting paid your money up front to do your record through your fans yeah. which there's I mean there's an argument on that like your perceived kind of like value right. or if you look like you're begging or whatever but I mean if you look at you look back on like artists in like other eras like the, you know people paid them money to go yeah, live yeah, and create like benefactors did that oh yeah dude, and that's like, how you survive we're not it, I feel like over time like things change and we're all gonna figure out a way to do it Maybe right now that is the way Maybe. that you can actually sustain as a musician. Yeah, yeah that's like, a big you, way. You, I mean, I heard the argument, you know, that people are like, I don't want to take money from my fans. And it's like, uh, your fans are the people that make you all of your money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, and. It's not, I don't, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think what's more importantly on that, though, is, is I mean, in. This is a completely different conversation all its own, but having a really strong incentive program with your plat- with your uh, Kickstarter Kickstarter campaign is that's important. Where it's like, no, you're. If I did a Kickstarter, I would I wouldn't do any incentives. You wouldn't. I would just be like, I need to make a record. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know. The things get so crazy. I think I think that's it. Then it's like a gu- it's just guilt free. It's yeah. like I bet you'd still get it. That would be my t- that would be my test. I feel like one of the big things for Kickstarter is that. You've had to have. What really makes as a difference is if you've go. made a record before. I think a lot of more mm-hmm. people are going to give you money. That helps for sure. You know, it's, it mm-hmm. really can't be like your first record. Oh really? That you're, just well, that, like it's proven. That I would. Think well, that I, would I don't. Know. I mean, I'm just. I think yeah. that's the case because yeah. anything yeah. I've seen that's really just been. And granted, all, all these people who have. I'm saying this about they're great artists. Yeah. You know, like they, they've made great records, but I think there's like that uh, track record of. That they've had an album, they they've, they've probably they know they're gonna and, they, and they've made a record before on their own. Yeah, and well, uh, at least like that, I guess that's a good point. It, they've uh, that's true. I, I I was I was thinking about doing a Kickstarter. They put like the work in, I guess, one. before doing one. See, I was yeah, thinking I mean, about that, it. And I did. I just was not happened. gonna do it. Yeah, but like you guys have made records before. I, I think the difference is too is, I mean that that's totally right. It's like okay. Try the, no, a, try the no incentive program. <laughs> Serious. Just make a funny video. You do it. You do it. Oh, no, I don't Me and Ben had a good idea for a funny video. We can talk about that. <laughs> but, uh, you just get a CD when it comes out. I, it's like, okay. <laughs> Hello, my name is Thomas Mooney. I'm going to put out a record on, you know, I need your help, Kickstarter. And it's like people are wanting to see this 
I don't think whether you're serious. It's it's not a question whether or not you're serious about putting out a record, but it kind of is. It's like, is this going to be like a hobby type of thing? Is he want to do right. that? Like, what's the it's also way what's the final goal? Oh, sorry. And then sure. compared to somebody that, ha- like you say, that has put out a record before, it's like, well, this is they've you know put out however many records they've been right. doing this mm-hmm. the last ten years. Mm-hmm. Like this is they're not going to put out this record and nothing's going to come from it. Yeah. Well, like if you look at. Uh, uh, the like the last, um, I, I okay. I don't think American Aquarium. I don't know if American Aquarium did a Kickstarter for the last one or a pledge or something like that. But B J Barham did one for his new acoustic record coming out, and that That's thing was like cool. pledged, like it, you know, it was funded I mean, in like a few weeks, you know. And Drew, I don't Drew's think I have enough fame. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He showed me that. I don't know if you guys saw his video for his. Drew Kennedy's, which was like, he counted everything, and he, we had done a podcast, like, the day before that thing was launched, and, you know, it was like, blah, blah, miles, blah, blah, shows, Uh, you know, this many guitar strings changed, and he was like, all of those numbers are accurate except for the guitar strings, and I was like, (laughs) that would have been amazing if, like, you would have kept up with that number as well, but, like, he had, like, probably, like, eight numbers that were accurate numbers since his last record, and that was a a good little way to hook people in, you know? That's it. It's just getting people to go to your Kickstarter page, Mm -hmm. because there's so many of them now that it's all about just getting them to it. It's harder to make the money these days, I'm hearing, Mm -hmm. but... I'm sure if you got a bunch of baller fans like Ross Cooper, it'll be easy. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> well, now you're part of the the Ringling Road, people looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you both. Me and you both know that's bullshit. The <laughs> we we wrote a that was a it was a it was a fun song. I mean, you know. No, but like, I I honestly <laughs> think that uh, in Texas that that it changed what you can present to Texas country radio. Well, as far as like. This is your boy. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, it kind of changed the way, like, what you could present to Texas radio that could be played. Uh, now, I'm not saying, like, people are going to put out, like, another circus kind of right. song, but, like, that it's outside the box of heartbroken well, you know, party song, drinking well? song, kind of. It, it, I think it did pretty well. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, um, Will had the idea, and he called me, and then, you know, you, I know he's told you, that, like, it mm-hmm. was... It was three people sitting in a room and saying, this is a kind of a cool topic, or we think it's cool. Yeah. Is anybody going to like this? Who cares? A. Yeah. And B, after, like, I Will said it before, but after we got done, we were like, it was a, it was a pretty quick ride, and it was just lines. It was, it was a great ride. And, uh, and I mean, not saying, like, it's a great song, but it was a great ride in that everybody was on the same page. Sometimes in three-way rides, you know, it could be, six grueling hours of, and not get a song. Yeah, That's exactly how threesomes go sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> six hours, no song. Um, but at the end of it, we were all just like, what the hell is this? Nobody, kn- We didn't know what it was. And then I know Will battled with it um, in the studio, and it was always, it was like a problem child. You yeah. Know? And then I was like, we had joked about it. We are like, nobody's, that song will never, never get played on radio. Shit, dude, we're pushing it as our fucking third single. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it was like, yeah, it was just, it, you know, it was, it was writing a song with a friend who, you know, th- there's a mutual respect. Two friends that you all have mutual respect, and that was the result of it. It would be no different than any, you know, 
no different from a co-write. If we all sat down and wrote one right now, it just. But yeah, it, I, I never to, thought I it would hear this radio. song. Heard, I've never heard you get so defensive about a song. No, no, it's just like, <laughs> no, it's, but I, it, was, it was, I think there was, the point that I'm trying to make is there was no expectation yeah. of that song. And then it became this thing, and I didn't, I didn't know it had become this thing. And I'd come back to Lubbock, like, during Christmas, and uh, I called Six, and I just jumped on a show opening, you know, and just, yeah. and I, I was like, Wrote this song with two of my buddies, you know, Randall Clay yeah. and Wim Clark Green, and we I played it, and it was like the crowd just like that weren't wasn't paying attention turned around, and then they were singing the Lot Dot Dottos, and I was yeah. like, what the hell is going on here? Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the first kind of opener. Is like it kind of did change. And then I I heard you know it was on it was just it was cool it was cool to be a part of, it. but I didn't yeah. think it would I never thought it'd be on radio first place so. Yeah, well, it almost didn't make the record, you know. That's right. So that's right. It was and well. Uh, Which is Rachel you, didn't really like it. I don't think when when they first brought it in, they just couldn't figure it yeah. figure it out. But Will liked it enough. You know, he, that was he wanted that to be the the, the East theme kind of kinda, the yeah. theme of his record, and so he fought for it. And I I love how it turned out. It was cool. Yeah, I don't know. I think like in the next. I mean, I, I'm not really paying attention to those top songs that that are played on Texas Country on the chart or whatever. But I think like it's gonna. It, have a lasting impact on like what's played. Like I wouldn't be surprised if people were going to put out songs that are outside that heartbroke, fallen in love party song kind of mm-hmm. what's typically like your singles. I would not be surprised if, yeah. you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a song, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head being a, I don't know. You're a trend. You're a trendsetter. <laughs> That's real pioneer. A real pioneer. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Wait, you got all that. You have all that Lubbock music also, cred now. Which is funny. What do, okay, let me ask. I've asked everyone from Lubbock about sure. this, but like, what what is uh, like Lubbock obviously is blooming at the moment. Yeah. In Texas. Um, what is uh, what is that like outside that bubble? I've all I've always said it, and I've always been so. I've always said how proud I am to be from Lubbock because I mean, I was kind of like here and there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I went I was at South Plains for a year, and then um, I went to A and M, but I was always back in Lubbock. I was ba- I was living in Lubbock and gigging out of Lubbock every summer, but right before I'd moved here, I just always felt like the little brother. You know, because it was Will and it was B.A. Um, it was all these guys that, well, and Thrift Store was still going. Like, yeah. It was these guys that are, that have five to ten, you know, well, five years on me or whatever. And I just was trying to, like, I thought their music was badass. And I was trying to write something that was that cool. Um, I think it's so weird. I, you, Everybody's had the conversation, but there's something in the water or something. It's like there's this inherent musical history that's that's been there whether you want to trace it back to you know buddy holly or joe ely or you know Stubbs kind of being there and yeah. bringing all those kind of songwritery like terry allen and terry allen that's right um but there's never been there's never been like i think you know if you want to talk about peaks and valleys there's never really been a valley in lubbock music there's always been good talent consistently coming out of 
Lubbock. I still think that Kenneth O'Meara is one of the best songwriters yeah. around. Like, I would, you know, there's just those guys that are out there. It'd be awesome to see, like, a, you know, Kenneth's song, like, get, like, a huge, you know, it, see Kenneth get, like, a huge cut. Um, and I don't think that's, I don't see that going away in Lubbock. There's just something about it, man. Um, I'm proud as shit to have been, to be from there. You know, I'd talk up Lubbock any chance I get. Yeah. I think that we have our own little island that's separated from, that's separated from like kind of the rest of what's going on in the Texas music scene or the music scene or whatever. It's like you talk about that whole Southern Gothic thing and going on in Oklahoma. It's like Lubbock has its own thing too. And it's always kind of had that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of a soundscape about where we're from. You know, you talk about that, like look at the thrift store records. They sound like West Texas and there's little bits of that. And I think a lot of people's riding. Yeah. It's, It's cool, man. I love, I love Lubbock so much. Do you guys think you? Oh, not to cut. Go ahead. No, I just I hated it in high school. Yeah. But, um, and then everyone like, hates where they live in high school. Yeah. It's like across the board. And then like <laughs> it took like kind of getting away and seeing. It was like no, Lubbock's like. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Lubbock, man. <laughs> <laughs> you should totally get that. Do that, Lubbock as fuck. Sure, Lubbock as fuck. Cool. But it's cool, like the the, the kind of the street cred that's yeah. like. When you go somewhere else in Texas, it's like, oh, shit, the Lubbock Cats, man. There's some cool stuff com- coming yeah. out of Lubbock. And it's always – it's it's cool that I think Lubbock's pretty well-respected mm-hmm. um, musically. Yeah. Someone the other day was asking me, like – or made the comment that, like, the Lubbock songwriter, the Lubbock music scene was, like, real tight-knit in a – not necessarily even a in a we're all friends way, but, like, in a it's hard to get in there. To be yeah, part of trust that. outsiders. Yeah, and it's like, well, I really never really thought about it that I, way. I haven't either. I've heard that about but. Texas my whole life. About just like <laughs> that was one of the reasons I moved to Nashville. It's like Texas is tough if you're not from Texas. They like it when you visit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That was <laughs> that was the at, reputation it Hood. had. Yeah, like when I was coming up, there was guys like Adam Hood. And yeah, Hood exactly. Yeah. Well, now American Aquarium, they're from North Sean Carolina. They're from yeah. yeah. Oh, I love in, Sean McConnell. They would come in and destroy his. That's cool. But like you said, it. But did they stay? That's what I'm saying. Like, they didn't like you. They didn't want you to stay. They didn't want you to live there. <laughs> that was the whole thing. <laughs> I think all of them could have lived there. But anyway, it, it, yeah, I this think, is just what I've heard. I mean, this was like, like 10 years ago. They were just so good. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, man. Like, that it was hard to ignore it. Yeah. You know? Do you guys think you, you sound like where you're from? Uh, is there any, like. No. I mean, I, I grew up in a small town northeast of Houston. And I mean,. Yeah, yes and no. Like, I, I try to be as Guy Clark as I can. <laughs> I think we all do. And, he, and, you know, he's from Texas. And, mm-hmm. um, Rodney Crowell is from right kind of around uh, the town that I grew up in. But, I mean, yeah, I think there's there's parts of who you are that you can't ignore. But, like, I don't know. I mean, I when I got to college, I listened to everything. And it was like that was the real awakening, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I, like I guess, like the seventies in round Houston was a big, yeah. Like that was the, yeah, it was yeah. With Crow and Clark and, and Jay Jeff Towns, and, uh, yeah. I guess like Steve Rowe was around there too a little yeah. bit. He was like young. That was when he was like following Steve, following Towns around to like his shows. Yeah, and yeah. Those Heart One Highway videos are really cool. Yeah, it's so uh, cool. Yeah, my so my dad was a songwriter. He he kind of like ended up in Houston and. I think that was cool for him whenever he was my age, but um, as he got older and wanted to pitch songs or be 
I guess the songwriter who had success, it was it was really hard to do that from Houston because I guess mm-hmm. there wasn't really, really much of a scene there. But that's interesting. Yeah. What was Louisiana like? Where are you from? We've talked. I've asked you so many times before, but usually we are really hungover. I'm from, uh, yeah, like I am now. Uh, I'm from. <laughs> by the way, David Bourne really had a Cedar Lee show last night, so go look up David Bourne. B O R N E. Accent on the A. What did the bartender tell me? What the bartender said when you walked in? Yeah, I walk. So we're doing this fine podcast from Third and Lindsley today, the club in uh, Nashville where Historic Ben works. Club. Historic Club, one of the first places I came when I moved here. And uh, so I've known the, uh, had a good friend that used to work here uh, named Brandy Cheney. And uh, so I've known all these people a long time. And I walked in, I hadn't seen Amanda in probably two years, Mandy. And she <laughs> goes, this is a radio thing. It's not, t- it's not like films. You don't have to look good. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the day we're having. But, yeah, I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And Baton Rouge is like a little a college town where LSU is. But is there a good scene there? Not really. It's just, it's, it's just doesn't – Baton Rouge never really had the most, like, super character. It's kind of like the mutt Louisiana town. I love my city, but I love the LSU Tigers, and I love my family. But So my parents were from, like, the bayou towns of Thibodeau and Homa. So that's like – because I think a lot of people, because I'm from down there, they have uh, – they hear Louisiana my music, but nothing's ever been like an mm-hmm. intentional thing. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we got like the horn stuff, and the people are like your voice has that Louisiana swampy soul, and I'm like, all right, cool, I like hearing it, but it's never it's been like a. Uh, sure. Mark yeah, you see, that was yeah. you know, I've never been. Uh, I love Mark Broussard, and I love. Uh, I mean, a lot of my chop, well, my chops. Before, I didn't, I didn't have super many chops before I came to Nashville. I learned the most here. Cause you have to, and uh, but back in the day, I would play. I was like twenty, playing on Bourbon Street a lot, and so mm-hmm. that was pretty cool, man. We would go down, go down there, and play literally as long as the manager wanted you to. Yeah, yeah it was like <laughs> if you if there was a crowd, he would just keep paying you to play. Like we would play like eight hour, like <laughs> like we would take we would take breaks and we would just stay like all day, and it was a, it was like incredible cash. That's awesome. There's yeah. some, but, but all that, dude. New Orleans is just there's so many horns everywhere. Yeah, Louisiana <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. has such a badass. Scene, though. Oh, overall, like, the whole state is great. I and there, there's Andrew great clubs. And, oh, like, yeah. oh, dude, that Andrew Duhon is, is a great. Is? Is a, oh, love this. He's a great songwriter. He's from uh, Louisiana, and he uh, he was coming up around the same time as me, but he was like superbly better. <laughs> like, he was this good when we were like kids, really? man. He was just playing open mic nights and crushing it. He's mm-hmm. he's he's done, doing really well, man. I know yeah. he's done well, Bonnaroo. That, that, uh, the Moorings record, I guess, got nominated for a Grammy. Nobody yeah, really the Moorings. Well, because uh, yeah. is it a uh, Tristan? No, not Tristan. What's her name? One of the girl that engineered it, uh, produced it. She does like a bunch of Cheryl Crow records, and I'm hmm. and I'm uh, blacking out on the name. But yeah, anyway, from the hometown thing, yeah, Louisiana and like New Orleans is more better of an Nashville, influence. Man, that's my favorite band <laughs> in middle school. Dude, I love Better Nashville. Better, uh, I got desperately to desperately wanting. I played this time of year with Better Nezra on a guitar when I was a freshman in college at LSU. Like, they pulled someone out from the crowd. I was with my tallest friend. I was like, I know it. <laughs> he was like, this guy knows it. And so I went out and played it. It was awesome. It was the first time I felt like a rock star. Varsity theater. Yeah, I was just a slow. Everything was just very slow for me. Like, I was a slow developer in, like, the music. I mean, I, I started playing a gig when I was 18. I mean, I had my first band when I was 16. I guess the usual story, but I wasn't very good. 
It took me to be like 27 before I really got together. <laughs> I wasn't writing yeah, good I songs. I wonder how many, how many but, hours you put in. Like, when, when I first moved here, when I first, like, when we first met, even before we first started writing, right. there's no telling how many hours I don't really remember how like we met. Midtown, so. Yeah, this Midtown. I think you, were, I you, played, you played at a whiskey jam, and I ran sound for it, too. That's right. And that's, that's right. how we met. Yeah. And then, and, then I, and then we liked the same girl at the same time, but then she dated you. <laughs> I didn't know that that's actually I didn't know that either at the time. I mean I knew it once y'all started dating and I was yeah. like, Oh, okay, sweet. I love Ross yeah. Cooper. That'll work. I'm okay with this. <laughs> and now y'all been together what that was almost two years. Almost two years. No, no, no. Actually uh, it has been two years. It's two, two years last week. That's interesting. Love you, buddy. Love you too. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a yeah, one of those towns. Yeah. One of those towns. Nothing ever happened. No, I just like her. <laughs> okay, so uh, we've gone o- gone over an hour. You guys good? Are you guys? I'm Whatever. fine with talking more. Chat a little more. I don't know if you guys. What uh, time is it? Four forty. Yeah, yeah, we could do. Okay, we could get another solid combo. Um, <laughs> all right. So something I was wanting to go back on because we had kind of get some more coffee. You guys want to <laughs> take a break? Can we do a fiver? Yeah. What, is that what, cool? Which one you got to go? Do the same thing, make it a full like, just make it a full length. With the same songs, same people. Just add to it. Adds like seven songs to it, and like releases an LP as well. We were talking about that what two nights ago about people doing that. I know a lot of they do it all the time, but I always thought it was kind of weird. But I mean, I guess like it's it's smart and everything's changed. Whatever the fuck you want to. I was telling Ben last night. There are no rules. That's why yeah. I flew on a, a red car, a, a flying carpet on my CD cover. <laughs> I, I've been meaning to ask you about that, and I always forget. I'm like, why? Why? Why not? Why not? I was like, I'm spending the money on this shit. I might as well have fun and smile. Yeah. That was kind of the whole thing. Did not just just like you lied know, about it. Not, not take yourself too seriously. Right. And you know, you accomplished all. that. Uh, obviously <laughs> if I had but then hopefully again, like because it's I think yeah, I'm glad that it ended up coming out like you know like I, I'm proud of it how it came out I never yeah. expected it to be really I didn't know it was going to be good do you basically. have any with you mm-hmm. you get get Thomas one yeah I'll give him one but um, I uh, yeah we can get to back to talking for real in a second I want to I was telling it'd be interesting I think if there's any time to do it you could do it like nowadays but every record you release is self-titled every record that you release is David Bourne like Led Zeppelin style. Why does it get? Oh, like like I mean, like Metallica's done that, right? They're oh, like, have they? Or no, I don't know. Or, or Led Zeppelin, you know? Yeah. Like they're technically Led those Zeppelin albums. One, Led Zeppelin but are two, they even one. really? Yeah, I guess they are. Some band did it. Work, I think they're like. I, think, who? I guess Led Zeppelin goes one or self-titled two, three, right. four. But yeah. uh, you have to number them, right? I do think they're. Oh, I know who did. Uh, who did it? Was uh, Peter Gabriel? He went Peter Gabriel, Peter Gabriel, Peter Gabriel. But they're all called. I guess he did four of them. But they're all called, uh, kind of whatever was on the cover. Uh, mm-hmm. There are worse people Th- there, there's, that you know, imitate than Peter Gabriel. Yeah, I like Peter steal, Gabriel. Steal from Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all those records, I guess, like people just call them uh, whatever on the. They all have like proper titles uh, or like nickname titles, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like I think like one's called like N- Nails. Like blue car or something like that. 
Or like just because like one of them has I nails. I have no idea like, about any of this. The nails album. Peter Gabriel's like the Meta- weird the, album title. The black titles. album from Metallica is the one you're talking about. It, it just said Metallica. It didn't have a name. It was just yeah. the black album. Or the white album. The white the album. Or the, the, the uh, gray album. This is over y'all's head. Who has a gray album? It Danger was Mouse. Danger Mouse. Yeah, it was the mm-hmm. white album and then the... Uh, it was the Beatles and what was the, what was the black album? Metallica. No. No. Uh, I don't know if he... Was it a record? I thought he just made beats with it. Or was it Jay Z? Oh, Jay Z. There you go. It was Jay-Z. Okay. And it was and it was yeah. Danger Mouse, the, the gray album. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I don't know anything about any of that. Yeah. Okay. So I threw this <laughs> question to you. I haven't thought about. But it. I'm gonna have to put it out, at least on record now. Is uh, what's that record that took you a while to digest? That first time you were just like, I do not understand this. I need to listen to it. And now you're like, oh, I have one of my favorite records or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anything like that? I'll go first. Um, when I was in college, I, I, that Teddy Thompson put out a record called Separate Ways. And for a lot of it, was, it was a lot of like dark themes in it. It was like kind of a breakup record. But um, it wasn't until I went through said breakup that I like really dug into every every song and every like ounce of reverb that they put on every bit of the production that it I don't know for whatever reason I just kept spinning it and spinning it and spinning it and it was like my it's like my favorite one of my favorite records of all time now like and I, I, yeah I don't know what took me so long to get around it it was a little weird like they had a, a single out on KNBT and Matt's and Rainer was spinning that was like up tempo, but a lot of it was just kind of just darky, dark gothicy kind of like uh, country songs mm-hmm. that like I don't know if you if you get a chance I'd recommend checking it out. But that, that's all I got on that. <laughs> I want you to got one. Yeah, um, I was tw- nineteen or twenty, um, and it was Dirty South by Drive By Truckers, which is now. As far as a, uh, a conceptual like storytelling album, That's it is grower. my favorite yeah. album that, I, that probably have like period bar none. But I've li- I remember it changed the way kind of I listened. I had you have to give that album an honest listen, and it I love listening listening to that album front to back. But I remember like I'm really bad about this. Or I used to be really bad about this, but buying an album, buying a CD, and putting it in my car, and like if you have to let's say. You, you're going going from Ralph's back to your house or whatever, and it's like you have ten minutes. It's like shit. So you go through like the first fifteen yeah, seconds, yeah. To, you know, just kind of hear everything. I'm like, oh, this is kind of weird. This is weird. Well, whatever. And I, it sat for like a couple weeks, and then when I finally dug into it, I was like, holy shit! Like, this is awesome. Tornadoes on that album, I think, was the one that it's it's so good. That was the one that 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 album for sure. I still. It's one of the very few that I still go back and listen to in its entirety. It's just, it's like reading a book, man. There's so many good stories. Each song's like a damn chapter. And yeah. Um, like, Sands of Iwo Jima is on that album. Um, Cottonseed, like, mm-hmm. Tornadoes. Like, so, I love that album. That was a one. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll do a recent example um, for you Texas fellas. <laughs> but mine was a discovery that I guess y'all have known about a long time, but I just discovered like a year ago, which was Waylon Payne, oh, yeah. uh, the Drifter, Drifter record. Yeah. And I, I don't know, like a, uh, f- uh, when I got it, 
I listened to it and I, I kind of got. I, I thought her was really cool. I, I was just. I guess it was a mood thing, and like I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I flipped through some other songs. I was like, this is cool, man. And uh, I don't know, like that. I guess it, then there was like months I didn't listen to it, and then the next time I just, you know, it popped up. I had I had it on my iPad, iPhone, or in my iTunes. So I was like, I'll give this another shot. One of those airplane rides where you didn't have service, you know. Mm-hmm. So I got to listen to what I got on here. Mm-hmm. And uh, holy shit, man, that's just such a great record. And uh, it's just like seems it seems like it could come out. To, this came out in more like 2004 or something, but it could come out today and be like, sure. fucking would be a smash. And it's so it's so relevant for like right now. And mm-hmm. and a Keith Gaddis did it. He lives over in uh, East Nashville. And he's super badass in his own right. Uh, that was it for me. That's a. Uh, it's funny you can how sometimes you can almost will a record into being good. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's not you know, not to say that like every record that's bad you can do that with. Right. Like, but there are instances where you know, like a lot of people be slamming a record and you're like, eh, huh, but you just keep listening to it and listening to it and listening yeah. to it until it finally is like, maybe you just got there mentally right. with the artist or. Yeah, Met, I met a modern was like that for me too, man. I, uh-huh. I, when Sergio came out, I saw him open for Jason Isbell at Mercy Lounge in like November of, uh, this was like 2013, I guess. And uh, I didn't, I just like saw him play and I'd heard about the record, I think was just coming out. And I was like, all oh, right, this is cool, man. Like he, it was like he hadn't uh, realized he was just the shit yet, almost, <laughs> you know? And then, uh, I just then I find, and then I saw him open it for him again. I list, I tried to listen to the record, and I was like, I don't get it. I can't understand a word he says. Like that was my whole thing. I was like, I can't understand the words. And then I saw him again open for Isbo at the Ryman, and I was like, okay, this is pretty fucking. This is like fucking awesome. And like, uh, went back and just. I don't think I listened to another record for mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then I saw, and then at, at Bonnaroo last year, he played the tent, and it was like. The Sturgill Simpson, I'm the fucking boss party. Like, yeah. it burned it down. Like, it, it was like the whole show, you saw it. Like, he just he just realized that he owned it. And it was That's like, cool. maybe he was just terrified, like he said in that interview. But I don't think so. I think he was like, I am the shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm rocking this motherfucking tent. <laughs> <laughs> it was That's so... That's about like 12,000 people underneath there, too. No, right? not that many, man. Probably, uh I mean, a few thousand for there's, sure. Well, there's like the big, the big tent that has like a shit ton of people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'm Either like the way. worst guy. Like, if you ask me how many, how to, like, to guess how many M and M's are in a jar or something, <laughs> jelly beans, I'm, I'm last. I'm the worst. I'm like, I don't know, a hundred or a million. <laughs> <laughs> I just hated that game. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. So meta modern the same way because that's like we talked about earlier. I mean, that's an album. You gotta, yeah, you gotta start to finish that. It's like, it doesn't make sense if you in a song. Yeah. And John uh, John Moreland's the same way because you try. I, playing someone one John Moreland song is hard. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's hard to get unless you listen to those records. Oh, well, you can say pick. the sick. <laughs> which one? You, like, yeah, you show they're all example. yeah, and and almost none of them work on their own as much as getting to realize that every song is exactly this. Mm-hmm. Well, you could almost good. say the same thing about the Heartbreaker too. That that was my that album i listened to front to back and loved it automatically right. but for the for people i remember like having to try to turn my 
uh, sister-in-law, like on to Ron Adams, and it's like, where the, f- where do you start? You, like, you, well, you would start mm-hmm. with "Come Pick Me Up," but you'd have to like, but you, but you can't play that for everyone, right? And yeah. it's just. Anyway, that's true. I mean, okay, so else? what would you play? Like on that, on that record, I, 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 not not on that record, but like on the. If you had to like, it'd be a mixed CD, and that's all I can say. Oh, it'd be about yeah, twenty I mean, songs. I'm not throwing any songs in there because it'd be. What about like an hour gold? Of I like conversation. Gold a lot. I was gonna say, I think yeah, like I mean, you would throw something off of gold was it would be you, the most like Cold Roses broad, was my, one of my favorite records. But mm-hmm. the gold was the most marketable. You could go for the masses record for sure. I think if you had to do it for like three songs, you could go like. New York, New York. The whole spectrum. Uh, Let It Ride, maybe. I think, uh, from nice. Cold, Ri- Cold Roses. Um, either Come Pick Me Up or, like... I li- um, I, everybody's got their different tastes. I, I loved Damn Sam. That was one of my first... That was one of my well, first I mean, like, to, make, like a, to make somebody a, a Ryan Adams... Or just, like, well, no, just, or like I, I think to make like, somebody listen. To make somebody a Ryan Adams right, fan. Right, right, right. Like, just... From uh, anyone from like somebody you know who's gonna love Ryan Adams, come pick me or up like your grandma man. or something. I, you know? Come pick me up is a must. That's got to be on there. Like I, even if you you're tired of it now, Does, uh, people people who don't like say fuck love that song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know, man. I think the, those Wheels three were like one was great. Yeah, I, and do you do? You said let it ride. Yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah, as a broad, yeah, as a whole, he's just done so many different sounds. You'd have to pick one solo, one with the Cardinals, and maybe one one of his new records. Well, I was gonna say like either, uh, I think like two has like that commercial appeal for people two, off Easy yeah. Tiger. That oh man, that album was, was cool. It opened Easy with Tigers a, was a Cardinals record, right? Uh, I think it was. Yeah. I think it was the last one. No, Cardinology. Cardinology was. The yeah, but Cardinology was like something was I didn't it? even want to get put out. It was wow. like a bunch of B sides. Those songs that. were cool though. It was B. Uh, like, it was like de- it was some, a lot of them were like demos and shit. Like um, he was pissed. So it was like a record label dispute. I think some things I say I just maybe read <laughs> on somewhere that wasn't Easy true. Easy Tiger started with <laughs> Goodnight Rose, right? That was the first song yeah, on that album. Yeah, Easy right? Tiger was. That was a, that's a great album. Because he was producing Willie at the time, so it's oh, like the, super. The yeah. Bird album. Yeah, it's super. My Blue Hotel. It's Blue such Hotel. a Willie-esque. I love Easy Tiger. It may be my favorite Ryan Adams record. Oh. I mean, it's it's the it's one. It's, it's like the one that's not talked about the most en- enough. Twenty nine. Twenty nine. I think twenty nine. People slam twenty nine. I think that album's awesome. I, like it. I fucking love that album. What well, I think like a lot of people slammed it because it was like the third album of a of a of year. The, of a year, you know, or with rock and, and roll. Well, because it was. It did was rock and roll come out that year too? No, it was, was uh, it? Cold Roses, Jacksonville City that's Nights, right. and. 29. Was he wanted to release them as But I guess a, like rock and roll and love and love as, as hell is like basically the Yeah. right after each other. Those times, I like those times. There were three of them that were supposed to be released as a three album concept and they were like no no way and that's actually why rock and roll got released. They're like you can't if you're going to do this, you have to give us something that's like marketable. And so what I've read in interviews is like from his point of view, rock and roll is his least favorite. Yeah, because he was basically like, "Here's songs, you know. Here's this album. Okay, you know. Here's the three that I wanted for this concert. Anyway. Oh, I thought of something else too. Brandy Carlisle should be up there on some kind of like mountain too. Yeah, That's yeah, like man. a master, that song a masterful so songwriter. Mm-hmm. Even though those twins write a lot of those songs too, the her guitar player and bass player. Um. So, but I, I, I one day I got really. I didn't mean to just shift the Brandy Carlisle. Oh, <laughs> What were we talking about before? Um, 
Yeah, just those <laughs> – uh, but those I, I got super deep into – because I knew that one of the twins had written a story by himself. And then I just, like, went. I was like, what's going on with these people? And she got, like – they've all written just masterful songs alone together. Like they're all equally like just badass. She wrote that song. I will, which I think is like one of the, you know, that song I will by Brandy Carlisle. Mm -hmm. check that out. It was on the, uh, give up the ghost record, okay. which I think is like the, her best record. I for sure. Into that Bear Creek record. Yeah. Yeah. I like Bear Creek. The, uh, the previous record was, uh, the uh, give up the ghost record, man. That's that's a that's a brilliant record. Anyway, sorry. I was just thinking of more people. I was just thinking about more yeah. people on the on the thing. Yeah, and Andrew Combs, I feel like should be talked about too. I need to get into him. Like I love his with a good brand. I love his. Yeah, uh, he's got a he's got a thing. He's great, man. I love that fooling song. That's all I know. Well, and yeah. so I need to listen to him and the uh, Parker Millsap. Is there I like any that that two stone to cry song is like mm -hmm. that that is I think it's a really great example of like you say kind of a brand taking like that's an old sounding country song but mm -hmm. it's not <laughs> you know right I'm not lonesome or I'm lonesome I'm just two stone to cry yeah who are y'all's favorite like yeah I guess you've already listed some any other like current like artists like man I love digging? the Raylan Baxter record I just yeah me too it's that's so killer imaginary man. That well, album well, front th these are this is what the, we were telling people in Texas to listen to, right? Is this what we're gonna do? Yeah, I don't know. Is that um, who listens to this the album. most? I think it's I think it's cool as shit. Though. I think I that's cool. So and then uh, I love Lucy Silvis's record. Oh, yeah, Lucy, yeah. And um, what about love that David Bourne record? Oh uh, yeah, that one's real good. <laughs> the singer's an asshole, <laughs> but the really songwriter just sucks. But <laughs> the band's great. Um, what is uh? What is his name? Uh, Matthew Perryman Jones. Mm -hmm. Do you all know him? You know who that is? No. Uh, I hear, I just hear, I, I don't, I don't listen to his stuff, but I, that's who I've been told to listen to the most lately, I feel like. Yeah. I don't know. My buddy Jason loves him. Bonnie Bishop's new record is really good. I, I need to check it out. I love Bonnie. It's not a shameless plug. I was about to say, Ben's like, got a got a cut on that record, lucky. which is great. Oh, that's cool, yeah. man. Fuck yeah. Bob, huge record. But the, the, the record great. front to, to back is awesome. Like, awesome. Great record. I need to check that out too. Ron Beaver record. Oh gosh. <laughs> you know, like honestly, I'm not saying it just because he's a friend. Like, for I, I think it's a great album front to back. And there, and I'd heard that. I think between you and I, like we've, I'd heard a, I'd heard those songs a ton before that album came out. But there was two or three that I didn't hear. They were like kind of welcome surprises when that yeah, album man. did come out. I was like, this is. Sure. Really good. And I that just has, feel like that is what pop country or like rock. Should, that's what pop country should be. I, I totally perfect. Agree. I think it's perfect. And that's because. That's Obviously, that the you know Ron Beaver record is very very different from a radio. I didn't mean to say that, but like yeah, I mean like that's what should be played on yeah. like the radio stations it's that a, are playing that it's pop a country. Great Sorry, great it's a rock country. Uh, great. With really great song. What I somebody somebody asked hate. me about it. No, they because he's a Texas guy, I know. Texas country guy. So everyone loves. Uh, though I don't think it's anything like his old stuff. No. Uh, I described Beaver's record as like. Um, like if Eric Church made a record where like every song was good, ah. you know, ah. uh, that's what it, I don't know. That's what it felt like to me. And like I don't know. It's, he used some of the similar people in Eric Church's camp on that. Like there were a couple writers that produced. That. Yeah, cool. His Which record. that's yeah. I'm not trying to knock it on sure. Eric Church. I think like he 
He's one of those guys I like to envision is having like these fights with the label, like they're just in a room screaming at each yeah, other. Always. But like I don't know if that's true. Like I would like to think that he's fighting for what he's. I, I bet I think Eric Church is a badass. I love every. I love I love his brand. You know that's that he he. He's got the branding thing down too, man. His image is his image is pretty mm -hmm. together. The huge concert at uh -huh. the LP Field or Nissan Stadium, yeah. whatever. Um, at the end of the week at CMA Fest, they do like yeah. You were telling me about this one time, show. yeah. Yeah, so he does a power trio. It's really like that's probably it, just for this it, misunderstood record. It's pretty right? laid back. Power was probably a loose, the, yeah. the, loose term there. Well, Right. Use, it, was like a it was a trio. Double trouble. Was right. Sorry. <laughs> the, it was. It was, a, it was like, a trio. like Rush. But it was. It was really. Um, it's pretty understated. Uh, he didn't play a single like huge radio hit, and dude, like it was. It made me like. It made me more of an Eric Church fan. Sure. You know that I, I thought it was like he was following. It was a weird night. You know, it was like Keith Urban, Darius Rucker, and then Eric Church. So you're like. Get an earful of Keith Urban and Darius Rucker, like have these country kind of anthemy type of songs, and then there's like one spotlight on Eric Church with the trio that's very laid back, and he's not playing any of his hits, and it's like, yeah, man, like that's and he sounded great, he's badass. So anyway, plus Eric, what the plus, hell? plus Eric Church is American for Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. Uh, no, and like uh, that is so and, and just to show that Eric Church has super street cred be, for with me because the night that uh, Dave Grohl was up in Losers, man, I just like sat there and eavesdropped to them talking about just being badasses, pretty much. I was like, if, if Dave Grohl is on Eric Church's team, I so am I. That's funny. Yeah, that's funny, man. I'm stealing that quote. Oh yeah, dude. Somebody, I, I stole that from somewhere, but I thought somebody tweeted that out. I think it was not Jake Owen, maybe. So no, good. that account's funny. Yeah, I wish I knew who that was. One day we'll know, maybe. It'd be funny if it's somebody we... It's a good, it's a good kept secret, I would think. Unless just nobody tells me because I have a big mouth or something. <laughs> <laughs> this, you know what this is? This, uh, is? this is Twitter account. It's called which, Not Jake Owen. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm and familiar it's just with rips, it. rips the country music scene in Nashville pretty... pretty uh, <laughs> Very hum humorously, there's, I would yeah, say. I think, like, that's uh, – now there's – it feels like every week there's, I'm getting followed by, like, a new parody account of, uh, in yeah. Texas. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, like, how many – how many <laughs> – uh, like, how many – well, I'm like, there's I'm been, gonna... like, a drunk Josh Abbott one, and there's ah. been, like uh, – there's one – I was I can't remember what it was, but it was just like it was started the other day. It was like how many damn parody accounts or like people were just trying to be right. Uh, I don't know, like not necessarily sassy, but like you know, yeah. Yeah. you know, like you know, the best not Jake Owen that I remembered <laughs> yesterday was whenever that <clears throat> that whoever the exec was that came out and said you know that. Uh, the radio guy that said, you know, women are like the tomatoes in the salad, you know, the, like women country artists. He was just, you know, being a big uh, dick. And um, not Jake Owen, not Jake Owen comes out 
and uh, or a little dig. Yeah, that's better. Not Jake Owen says starts listing like what everyone would be in the country music salad. And he goes, <laughs> and he goes Sturgill Simpson is the lasagna of the salad. <laughs> it's like it's so goddamn good, and for some reason we don't put it in the salad. <laughs> that's awesome. so the other ones were pretty were way meaner. <laughs> way, um, Pretty, pretty hilarious, man. I highly recommend giving it a follow because it's me. This is <laughs> this is how I came out. It's not Jake Owen. No, I wish. Yeah. Um, okay, something I find... I guess it's one of those things where, uh, especially growing up, I, th- I guess we're all around the same age, you buy a record and like that kind of becomes like your favorite record of that band now like albums you can just access like like we were just talking about like the ryan adams discography like and we're all familiar but like they're when you're growing up so many of those artists you're only familiar with certain records certain records because uh like i was talking to some buddies about like the wallflowers and everyone's like uh what is it like bring down the horse horse. yeah and like that's the one and i was like well i've missed that ship i was like on like rebel sweetheart Uh, like what what was on that record (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i think like dearly beloved um there's but it was like one of i'm not listening to it in a while but it was one of those like records that that was like my favorite record from the wallflower it's like is there a band like that for y'all like an example like just like you missed like like you just like yeah yeah um man i don't know i think i mean yeah back to that teddy thompson thing like Mm-hmm. For me, yeah, you know. I feel like I've discovered a lot of bands on a later record and had to go back. I, but now with the, everything being so accessible, yeah, and I, I was having an argument or not an argument, just a differing of a, opinions with someone the other day that was like, I prefer to listen to the <clears throat> newest record first. Like most mm-hmm. people, like say, like someone's like check out this artist, and it's like mm-hmm. I just want to see where they're at because like yeah. if you know where they're at and how they got there is interesting to me. Yeah, you know? that's a good point, man. Um, I was like, where did their journey, like, I know where their journey ends, like, but it's, then it's more, then the beginning's more interesting, I feel Mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. Another uh, Texas group, I guess a lot of them are here now, you you know them, um, uh, Ben, or I guess you know a couple of them, but, uh, (laughs) no, um, the the Jonathan Tyler record, like, uh, the Holy Smokes record, not Holy Smokes, that's the newest one, the part of me, me. which, which one was before that? Um... I think I love those records so much. Hot Trotten or something like Hot that. Trotten. That was it. Like nobody knows that record because it's not they available. Kind of, yeah. But I love that record because I think there's such a, a void right now in that type of rock and roll. Yeah. And like I go back, I like that whole. I really like that Holy Smokes record. I like that Going Down to the City song. Yeah. That's I, I think like, like that. Go ahead. Sorry. Go. No. Go. Go. The, and I like the um, the Pardon Me. That's what it's called, right? The yeah. Record. I liked that record, but I really loved that that Hot Trotten record. Like, yeah. That was so cool and it was like it's just straight up gritty rock and roll and i like you know what what they or what he's been writing now too mm-hmm. um very very much but i i like that just kind of kind of raw rock and roll kind of throwback i think thing. what i know like with his new record holy when it came out holy smokes a lot of people were oh why didn't you make pardon me again which i think pardon me was he was on a major label and that kind of pushed it towards being a harder rock sound mm-hmm. and it would be in um i think like there's some good songs on there but i know like he had trouble trying to get a new another record on that same label gotcha. and i think they were kind of like pushing him 
in a like a bad rock right. like like more of a like can we make you into a kid rock oh, wow. can, you know what i mean yeah, not yeah. i don't I, I mean i don't know if they were saying that yeah. but like i i kind of i had that uh feeling because he was never like that record hot or not hot trotting but holy uh, part of me came out like six years ago yeah, now and, a, and they see, were like on they were on from adam yeah but i I knew those records. Like, I love those But, like, his new record is, it's like a rock record. I thought you, I thought you, never mind, I thought you. It's like a. He's like, you know. I thought you did. JT? I thought you knew. uh, I I know. It's like a rock record, but it's like a. Oh, his bassist. Chase. Oh, yeah. I guess Chase lives here, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, like, that, I guess their new record, um, it's more of, like, the cosmic country rock kind of sound yeah. mm-hmm. uh and i like that record a lot more but i know a lot of people were like why didn't you make pardon me again mm-hmm. and it's like well i think that's i think holy smokes was the the sound he was always wanting yeah you know more of the the cosmic country like he has like that a sense. well the the hot shot record I, I think the reason i keep going back to it too is because they dude between remember them and like uh was it otis and like green yeah. Ordinance? all those bands used to come to lubbock and like Slay, yeah, you know, and that's that was kind of the the era of that those records, um, yeah. Like I think I was I was like a fan. Like I went to I went to every every show they'd come. Yeah, to, to like that. Do you know him? No, I don't no, know. Him. I met him at South by Man. He's awesome. Really, yeah, I mean, sweet uh, sweetest guy, man. And I saw a couple of his shows. They were they were rocking. He's actually playing in Lubbock tonight. Oh really? Yeah. Cool. Well, shout out. Yeah. Well, whenever. Which it's not gonna. Yeah, yeah. but. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah, man, the thing, you guys right? Missed a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you guys missed a good one. Well, like he's uh, it's crazy what happened to that Jonathan Tyler show in Lubbock. <laughs> 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 well, I guess like that's one of the uh, the up and coming producers down in Texas is Bo Bedford. I don't know if you're oh, familiar yeah, with Bo. Uh, he's, he worked on, but he did he's, Paul Cawthon's new record. Yeah, he's he did, uh, which Paul Cawthon's new record is going to be coming out like in August or so. Some sometime around there. That sounds awesome. It sounds really it is really it's fucking good. It's kind of like what I told him it was kind of like Roy Orbison mixed with like Marty Robbins and oh, Van yeah, Morrison. Right. It's like Roy Orbison, yeah. like a spaghetti western thing. It was, yeah, it's, it's I cool. dig that. a little bit of like some Elvis swagger in it, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, but like Bo has he produced Jonathan's record. Um, he's produced. Uh, I guess he's in Otis, or not Otis, but uh, Larry G, who used to be the lead singer yeah. of Otis. Um, blanking on, they're all like Dallas Fort Worth bands, yeah. and Kay Phillips too. I think he's uh, he's produced his Kay Phillips new record. Whenever it's coming out. Um, who did? Did he do the Quaker City Nighthawks stuff or no? Yeah, I think so. I don't what? I don't know about the new one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know Quaker about, City Nighthawks. That's an awesome yeah. name. I don't know them. No, look the, that that oh, band up, man. I like, have a lot of new music to that, listen to. <clears throat> you just have to go drive somewhere. Some good rock and roll. Yeah. Cool. That's kind of, I guess, in a way, like Jonathan Tyler is like cousins. Yeah, if you had to compare cool. a band, but like it's not the same thing, but like you know, in a way. Uh, yeah. So like, who's the, other than like Dave Cobb as far as producers? Like, who's the the hot name? Who's you the know. guy who you feel like is, or girl, who's? I think the guy that's about to do Ross's record is going to blow up, uh, or doing it. Jordan Lenny, and I mean, 
and I don't know Eric, <laughs> Eric but um, Eric, Eric works on some great stuff. But I mean, Jordan seems like a genius to me. Um, he made the, uh, a girl named Cree Harrison's record recently, and it is just on fire. He and Benji Davis co-produced it, which was cool. I think Jay Joyce is like probably the the biggest deal in terms of. I mean, well, no, or Dave, you know, Dave's probably a pretty big deal now too. But Jay, I mean, he works on whatever he wants. He, he was like Pharrell and Little Big. His church is on my block. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. He made this old church's studio and uh, little. I saw the uh, Phil from Little Big Towns out there and said they were in the studio with Pharrell, which I guess everyone knows now. But I'm like Jay Joyce, Pharrell, and Little Big Town are just kicking it in the church right there. <laughs> I'm like, that's pretty wild, man. Um, those would be the. I, I don't. I'm not sure who else. I really like uh, Ken Coomer too, who did all like Will Hogue stuff back in the day. He's a bud. Um, he does a lot of um, good stuff. And another guy that's like Jordan, I guess Skylar Wilson. Does. Okay. He's done. Um, I guess he's done work on that. I don't know if he did. Did he do work on that Combs record too? Yeah, who did that record? Well, um, Jordan did. That thing sounds I guess, killer. I guess Jordan and Skylar did. Yeah. Uh, it's the such a. That's the who did Waylon? Oh, right, sorry, excuse me. Oh, Gaddis did Raylan's record? No, no. Oh, no, no, Raylan gave oh, uh, No, oh, I'm no, saying uh, Raylan uh, Baxter, sorry. Eric and... Okay, so yeah, Eric Massey too, man. That's, that's some big stuff. And then uh, Jordan's going to do uh, my bud Paul McDonald's record too at some point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, there's a... Those guys are awesome too. They're like... It's funny because when I reached out to those guys, it was, uh, it was like I didn't think they would buy it. You know what I mean? Like they get emails right. all the time from people wanting to, you know, hey, looking for producers, shopping around for producers. Right. And I just like I didn't I didn't think I didn't think I had a snowball's chance in hell. And then they bit, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's kind of it's nerve it was nerve wracking like the going into that studio the first day and it's like all these cats that are some of the best pickers around town you know and they all have like five to ten years on me and they're all like they're the cool right. they're the cool guys you know that's kind of right. what it is that, that whole group all those all those kind of producers and engineers in that group that y'all or that y'all mentioned are they're the cool kids you know and it's like I feel lucky <laughs> to get to work with some of those guys yeah, man. I mean, producers are a big deal. And having producers that have your back are a big deal, you know. That can help you a ton. I mean, if they don't, you know, whatever. But I don't know. Those are the ones I know. I don't know them anymore. Yeah, there's probably just so many really, really amazing ones. Those are big names. Dave Brainerd. Oh, yeah, dude. That's, he's a dude. Dave's like one of the nicest guys. He's yeah. so town, nice. I, I went up to his studio awesome. for the first time recently. It was awesome. Yeah, he's a cool wrote a song. Yeah. Uh, we're coming up on five thirty. You guys. Yeah. Maybe good. Yeah, yeah, we can wrap it. Well, well, it was fun. Thanks for having. Uh, yeah. This time next week, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs>